This Empowered Podcast episode is brought to you by our sponsors. PowerMac. PowerMac Center Apple Authorized Global Training Provider is committed to provide high-quality Apple certification and non-certification programs to groups and individuals who wish to leverage their technical and creative edge with Apple technology. PowerMac Center is the only official partner in the Philippines of LearnQuest, Apple's global training provider. Rex Bookstore. Rex Bookstore is a 21st century learning solutions provider in the Philippines, providing books, digital solutions, and more for the Philippine whole child. Rex Bookstore is the official partner of Schoology in the Philippines. Schoology brings together the best K-12 learning management system with assessment management to improve student performance, foster collaboration, and personalized learning. Adarna House, dedicated to Filipino children of all ages around the world. Adarna House creates products and services used at home and in school to promote love for country, language, and learning. Adarna Digital is also the developer of the award-winning literacy development app, Buri Books, your child's professional ebook library for education and entertainment. Buri Books is available for iOS, Android, and for the web, allowing for convenient access on your device of choice. Xavier School, founded and managed by the Society of Jesus, the school is a K-12 school offering a three-level curriculum, early education, grade school, and high school. Xavier School is also an IB World School, authorized to offer the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program, IBDP, a rigorous and innovative academic program recognized by universities worldwide. Xavier School has two campuses, one in Xavier School San Juan in Green Hill San Juan City and Xavier School Nevali in Laguna. Putting music or arts education in a bigger scale, in a bigger perspective, um, Mark is part of the Teach SDGs movement, and we've been talking like much about sustainable sustainability innovation. So, what's the role of arts education in terms of uh, helping the whole world, well, the global community, into the sustainability goal that we have? I, I think it's it's important for us to remember that. Arts education ought to be taught and learned and experienced for its own sake, the same way that social studies should be learned for its own sake, and science, and math, etc. However, all of those subject areas also find themselves in a position where they teach that material for the betterment of the world, for some sort of application of that area. And so, if we're, if we're not careful, we end up teaching in the arts, uh, the arts for the arts sake and then the arts to serve social studies or to serve science, serve math, serve English. Serve STEM. Yeah, and instead, what if we remember that we can be bringing those other subject areas into our teaching? It's like a little bit of flavoring. It's not massively overhauling what we teach uh, or 
or how much time is spent on the art itself. But imagine if we teach students about conservation with, in terms of how they use the equipment um, in a music classroom. Uh, or we teach students about um, oral traditions and oral histories that are exemplified through music, um, or how dance is a part of storytelling. Yes. And these, this is a way of both sustaining our history, but also pursuing um, a future that is a future that's a little bit more focused on the fact that we all have this planet and life experience together. And so should we maybe start valuing those who create or preserve mm -hmm. um, our heritage and culture through the arts? Um, one thing I talked about today when we were talking to those teachers yeah. earlier uh, is about the, the notion of exposure, being paid in exposure. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for musicians to perform at this gig. There'll be some really influential people there, so we're not gonna pay you, but those people are gonna see you, and that could be awesome. Except that if those people don't actually pay the musicians with a future gig, that wasn't worth anything. Exposure doesn't feed people. Exposure doesn't lift musicians out of uh, poverty um, or help them live a comfortable life where they can raise a family sustainably. It's, um, it's really, really difficult to hear friends sometimes call me up and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting married, or I'm having a party, or um, there's this big event going on and I need a couple of, uh, I need some musicians. Do you have any students that are looking for a, a learning experience through performance? Well, what I would want students to learn through a performance is how to budget, uh, how to prepare, how to invoice, how to collect on the fee that they're owed, how to really pursue a living wage for themselves as artists. That's, that's something that's really important. And you know, we look at the sustainable development goals, we often uh, spend a lot of time thinking about the environmental yeah. bundle of goals, but with the social development goals that are so present throughout the 17, um, if we want, um, a community of artists, if we want um, a creative community as a city or town or community as a whole, we need diversity in our communities. We need to make sure that artists can live amongst us uh, and that artists understand their place in the uh, micro-economies and macro-economies of, uh, of small communities and large. Um, one thing I talked about today as well, and it's, it's one of those things I heard years ago, I cannot attribute the source, but it stayed with me, that uh, Rafi, who's a well-known Canadian children's musician and very thoughtful political activist, has talked about the fact that no one ever shows up with protest math. <laughs> you're, you're not going to find radical social change through a quadratic equation, <laughs> through a quadratic equation or a polynomial. You just won't. Yeah. But the messaging that we experience through slam poetry, through persuasive, thoughtful writing, through music, uh, that's, that is something that is so incredibly powerful. You know, some of the artists, the painters that we celebrate, uh, who, who are, are long dead and contributed their work centuries ago, we still talk about them because they broke through barriers. Mm -hmm. They made political statements with their work. 
that's really, really important. And you know, you think about what's in those 17 goals around uh, a piece of justice, around partnerships for the goals. We need our communities to be richly diverse so that we have many different perspectives that uh, public policy, uh, whether it's education policy or it's health or it's taxation or infrastructure, that it's, it's attending to everyone's needs in the community, not just to uh, those that are you know, working in, um, in the financial sector, for example. Yeah, so a while ago, Mark also mentioned some of the collaboration among arts educators within the Teach SDGs community. And I feel like it's a good time to share about the different works. There are colleagues in, there are colleagues in, well, there, in there's, yeah. Yeah, there's four, there's four of us that worked together a couple of years ago on a blog post on the Teach SDGs site, uh, all about arts education. And Estella Church is a theater teacher who uh, does a lot of work in uh, human rights education through theater, uh, or, or integrated well in a balanced way with theater, and her students have been celebrated for their ability to create uh, dramatic pieces that are authentic stories that need to be told, that need to be amplified. And so she's shared ideas about how we think about sustainability and conservation of both stuff like theater light bulbs yeah. uh, or um, set building supplies at the same time as we're thinking about how we sustain a living history um, and the, the stories of, of real people in real communities. Uh, Michael Maya uh, from uh, Nairobi who teaches ballet there talked a lot about what it means to connect physical uh, health and well-being uh, along with zero hunger, for example, um, to, to dance. If we want to express ourselves through physical movement, we also need to prepare our bodies for that. So we need to think about how our whole community and uh, the availability of quality food, all that kind of stuff, will actually help us do what we need to do for children with children that they can express themselves through art. And then the fourth uh, of us uh, is Merit Carice. And Merit, Merit is a, a design teacher and a, a, I think quite an exceptional artist um, and a very thoughtful creative education leader. She teaches in Estonia um, and she has taught both students in the K-12 system and she's also done quite a, little, quite a lot of work working with other teachers to have them thinking differently about what it means to be teaching creativity, to be unlocking creativity, to be um, uh, accepting novelty rather than fearing novelty so that we can actually think about new ideas. And the four of us came together in, in generating ideas around the 17 goals so that we can get people recognizing that we already teach sustainability, most often driven by budget. Yeah. We don't have the money to so, just burn, yeah. so we conserve and we reuse, we recycle all the time. Uh, you know, a, a, a funny thing that goes on um, sometimes, you know, I've, I've actually had a student say, you know, my instrument's broken, so I'm going to buy a new one. No, you take it to the repair shop. You pay a repair technician whose job it is to fix the instrument, and now you also get a maintenance schedule set up. So we're actually teaching kids, it's funny, through the arts, we teach them a lot of different skills about how to be adults, yeah. how to actually anticipate things that will happen and, and be prepared for them. But working through the, the list of 17 goals and thinking about how music, dance, drama, and visual art can, can really um, 
be vehicles for making some of those connections while still focusing on teaching the arts for art's sake. That's, that's one of the really cool things about, I think, the way that the goals are designed and the way that they can permeate every part of the student's day. Um, global collaboration, SDG, or Partnership for the Goals, it's SDG number 17. And Mark here has been very, very instrumental, helpful, um, in partnering with Filipino educators, like not just with the Global Teacher Prize finalists in the Philippines, well, that's Ryan, but through Ryan and the, through the partnership of Mark and Ryan, Mark has extended like collaboration work with maybe the whole of Beagle, Beagle region. I'm like, you can watch an interview of Mark in the Beagle version of of a newscast, of a national newscast. Yeah. So he's literally there being part of the whole Beagle community. So Mark, can you tell us about your global partnership yeah. with Ryan? So Ryan Homan is uh, a teacher in, uh, right now he's teaching at Gimagaan uh, Elementary School, which is within the, the district of Dunsol in the province of Sorsogon. Region 5, Bicol, Bicol, Philippines. Yeah. And he, for years he was teaching and was the head teacher at San Jose Elementary School, which is a, a small barangay outside of Tunsil. And uh, while he was there, he created a, a, a reading program which was a very comprehensive strategy to get kids reading as much as possible in every subject area, in every part of their day to take leadership in supporting their peers in learning to read and, and recognizing that uh, this basic form of literacy, just being able to read, is essentially uh, the rising tide that floats all boats, that floats every other subject area and part of their, their life experience. So in the work that he was doing, I started to recognize, uh, you know, his passion for it is, is obvious, but I started to recognize his willingness to, to scale this up without mandating, this is how it's done. This is, I found this way, this is how it's done. And so you look actually to other um, educators in, uh, in the Philippines who have taken Ryan's passion and they've blended it with the needs of their own community. I can think of Michelle Rubio who's doing that, who's creating reading gardens and reading parks and, and a learning resort, a place for students to withdraw from the classroom and still see this as just a different context in which to learn. You've got um, uh, Marlon Marmol who is, uh, is looking at reading initiatives um, school-wide and, and ways that we can be, um, be making sure that every teacher takes on their responsibility and making sure we have a school of readers. And that may be picture reading for the youngest ones and yeah. some, some creative storytelling out of that, but really getting into um, you know, the, the ability to both read and comprehend in, because it's the Philippines and there's multiple languages of instruction, yeah. um, for these kids to be able to read and comprehend in multiple languages, it's fascinating. So as I've worked more with Ryan and recognized uh, his passion to uh, keep his initiative evolving. There's just no, there's not just one way it's happening. He's adding adding more ways for this to, to occur and it's expanded. So we came up with a plan together to um, to fund little free libraries. They're very popular in, in North America, in, especially in communities that are very conscious about sharing economy concepts, where there's essentially um, a, a very lovely oversized birdhouse. Mm -hmm 
that is full of books. books yes. And there are very few rules. Take a book, leave a book, return it when you're done. If you have a book that you bought and you are done reading, then you can hand it over. Um, you know, if you if you subscribe to Marie Kondo's concepts around <laughs> decluttering your life, yes. and you should have no more than I think it's 30 books in your possession, yeah. well, then a little free library might be a great place to um, to share out what you've had. So we funded. 12 of these little free libraries that are going to schools uh, around Dunsol. The important thing about the contents of those libraries is it's not just books for kids, that there will be eventually books for adults. Parents drop off and pick up their kids from school. So why not invite them to be part of a reading family by grabbing a book from the little free library and modeling for their own kids how they read for pleasure. Not just read for learning, but read for pleasure. Read for life experience, read for, for happiness. So where does the money come from for these little free libraries? So if we want this to be a meaningful collaboration by, by the definition that I subscribe to, it has to be beneficial at both ends. So the benefit at the recipient end uh, in, in Dunsall, that's very obvious. But the benefit on our end in Canada is not as obvious. And what's so important to me is that we've taken the opportunity to fundraise and turn it into sponsorship. So what we're doing is we're, we're not just dropping a couple of dollars in an envelope and shipping it off, we're actually talking about the value for library resources and, and yeah. accessibility of reading materials that students have. But then we're also talking about the fact that for $150 Canadian, to sponsor one of these little free libraries, 100% of that money goes to the Philippines. So now we're talking about micro-investments and economics. Mm -hmm. Of that $150, a portion buys supplies from a local supplier in Dunsall. Yes. It's not materials shipped from Canada. Yeah. They're, they're purchased locally. There's the first investment. A local carpenter is hired to do the construction and the painting. So again, there's a local investment and creates some, some decent work for someone who is working in that particular trade. Then the books and materials inside, other than maybe those that, uh, that are, are donated through other, uh, other means, they're purchased from a used bookstore or they're purchased from bookstores mm -hmm. in the Philippines so that we're actually, again, investing Supporting. locally. Um, that $150, so what's that, roughly uh, 6,000 pesos, yeah. um, that's, that is a pretty fantastic investment split yes. amongst supplier, um, uh, carpenter, and then uh, the, book. the book supplier. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and the fact that kids are learning about uh, investment practice and economics not only is, is wonderful, but also gets them thinking about what charitable practices occur in Canada and, and the United States, I'd say, as well. Um, you know, we, we sometimes are not always aware that uh, when we, we donate a dollar, that we're not actually giving a dollar to a project. We're giving a dollar to an organization that will chop off an administrative cost and hold that money, and then a fraction of the dollar actually goes to be invested in a project. So to know that the, the collaboration includes, uh, it's some personal expense, but it's not a lot to yeah. pay some Western Union fees to, yeah. to see that the money gets to the other end, um, that's, that's important. And I would also say that I am very proud of the fact that, that Ryan uh, 
really practices clear transparency. Yes. If I if I wanted to ask where every single cent was spent, I could. He can account for it. That high level of trust uh, between the two of us has meant that we can keep talking about what's next. Mm -hmm. That this isn't just one little project, but it's actually part of a larger strategy. Uh, ultimately, our goal, um, and, and DepEd will be hearing about this soon, yeah. um, is that we have, we have a goal to see the Department of Education in the Philippines uh, really um, draw upon the competitive nature of the education system. There's a healthy level of competition between schools here, and I think that's really cool. So why not encourage schools to find their own local strategy around reading, around physical activity, around numeracy, uh, around creativity maybe, and other things, and establish um, annual capitals. Yeah. So let's say that in the year 2020, Dunsol is the reading capital of the Philippines. Imagine what that will do for that community and what it does to inspire other communities so that the year later someone can say, you have that strategy, we have this one, it's of equal value, but it's different. And we can start to tell a whole bunch of stories that way around those really fundamental elements of, of a student's education. You started from the classroom, like the music, a band teacher and now you're sharing stories about how you globally connected with other teachers and making your influence in the Philippines like we can't deny that I've been with Mark uh, for the last I don't know, couple of days hearing his story how he has been collaborating and evolving like you talk about your personal identity yeah yeah and that you I've seen how dynamic the evolution of your personal identity from a classroom, well, in your heart, as an educator, as a teacher, you talk about policies, arts education. We have an hour of, of conversation here, and I've seen that evolution coming from a classroom teacher. You talk about arts education policy, and then you have the global connection and all those things, SDGs, and the very touching, inspiring part, actually, is you've extended yourself out of, literally, out of Canada and then really um, worked your way into the Philippines, partnering with people. And this people like Ryan, like the Department of Education, um, we, we see a lot of challenges in the Philippines and well, personally I'm very grateful for, for the help that you've extended and continue to do for, for the Philippines. Like, well, we have a lot of sponsors coming in, but knowing someone like as a person, genuinely as a person, that's the extra mile. That's the that's the chair on top. Well, you know, okay, so if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes all eight hundred thousand public education teachers yeah. in the Philippines to raise the quality of education mm -hmm. in the Philippines. And the government can't do everything. Yep. They shouldn't be expected to do everything. They won't be able to. Division offices, regional offices, they cannot do everything. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the, the, the this massive system of, uh, of teachers and teacher leaders that when they work together, then things will continue to change. And I feel honored to be welcomed into that network yeah. um, to help to accelerate some people's goals, um, to learn from them about yeah. their goals, and and, and understand why what they're doing works so effectively. It may never work in Canada, but that's not the point of hearing about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's about hearing how they matched a challenge with a solution. And they, they looked at the 
problem from a different perspective to find that solution. Mm -hmm. I can still experience that same process, that same professional competency in Canada, and I should. And so the more I hear about different contexts in which people find those things, yeah. the more I'm able to, to, to break down some, uh, perhaps some thought barriers uh, and, and see a problem from more than uh, from more than the position that I'm in, um, from really different angles. Wow. So this has been a long conversation. It's been a great one. Yeah, it's a great one. Lear I'm learning a lot from you, like a lot of insights going on, mental, mentally taking note of those things. So yes, I am very grateful to know Mark. He's a friend of mine. A shout out to our friend, Nadia Lopez. For Mark right now, very thankful, very grateful of extending the friendship, professional collaboration right now. So, if they want to hear more about your stories, because Mark has a lot to say, Mark has a lot of stories to tell to everyone, his personal um, advocacies also. So, please invite them to follow you so, on your social media account. Facebook is fb.com slash iteachmine. And uh, Twitter and Instagram is at M-M-G-R-E-I-D. And I really appreciate people getting connected there because especially with something like Twitter where the conversation can be public. You yeah. can start with a dialogue with two people and it can grab a whole bunch of other people into it and that just makes the conversation richer. That's what's, that's what's awesome about social media right now and about podcasts like this. Yes. So there, please do follow. Mark's um, stories, like even the little the tidbits of insights coming in from his Twitter account. So please do follow his accounts. And make sure that you subscribe also to our podcast. So Mark is just one of the amazing teachers that we'll be uh, featuring in our podcast. So there. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay.